Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome back to another episode of Ladies Who Launch. We are back at the table of great ideas in uh, on a beautiful day in Calgary today. And uh, today we're going to talk about influencer marketing. Oh, uh, yeah. We're, we're just going right, right to the heart of all things today. Uh, but I'm going to start with a bit of a rant in terms of my personal feelings on the changing landscape of influencer marketing or bloggers as they used to be known. So Dakota and I came from backgrounds of traditional PR, you pitching media and all that. And now we're in this landscape of working with, uh, digital creators that maybe have a niche in lifestyle or food. And it's a very, very specific, skill that they all have. However, I have worked with many an influencer during my time in tourism, and especially when I worked for a, a destination management organization where we used to host influencers for various um, familiarization tours of the city and that sort of thing. My main bug about the influencer marketing world and influencers in general is the inherent lack of professionalism that is still exists as a, a, a sector, so to speak. I will admit that it has caught up and a lot of influencers are very professional and have clear contracts and deliverables and they have media kits and proof points and all those sorts of things. But for every one of those there's five that have decided that they just want an easy way to make money and they have watched YouTube videos and, oh, this can't be hard. I have a drone. I can do this. And, and they come through your emails and they're like, I want to work with you and blah, blah, blah. And whether you choose to work with them in contract or not, I think my personal experience has been varied to say the least with working with influencers. And there's still a, a, a significant part of that, um, sector that is still very much the wild west. And I think as people who are now paying for those services and working with clients who are requesting to work with influencers or specific people, it's very time consuming to A, get them to, to, to dive in on direct deliverables and provide clear proof points. And, um, and if they don't deliver, what's the recourse and all of that. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But that's my real bug about having worked with influencers and why I still don't outreach to them specifically. If, if I have clients who specifically want to work with someone or have um, a campaign in mind, that's one thing. But I am not one who is outwardly reaching out to befriend them and work with them. No, I definitely have the same grievances. I I think the world of influencer marketing is is a super interesting 
cool new arm of what I would kind of refer to as new media relations uh, over the last decade or so. And it really has picked up because, and the reason for that is because really good influencers who actually put together a business plan and got themselves started in a way that they were serious about the business that they were starting. Um, they tend to be able to create content that, and, and that's usually their niche is how they create their content. Their content is super cool. And you know, their bread and butter is creating really neat, immersive, uh, experiential um, videos and photographs and moving graphics and things like that. And they they do it in a way that, you know, hopefully integrates the brand that they're working with. And oftentimes it can result in massive sales or massive uh, conversions. But yeah, I have to say that <clears throat> Alyssa's right that, you know, because it's such a saturated market, um, you know, anybody with two th- upwards of 2,000 followers kind of thinks like, oh, suddenly I'm an influencer. Yeah. Oh my God, P- brands are reaching out to me. One of the things, um, and we'll get into this a little bit deeper, but I, I just want to point out that if you are a brand, I don't care how small, how medium-sized or big you are, be really careful about reaching out to people who have a lot of followers. Because just because somebody has a lot of followers on Instagram, usually it's it's more an Instagram play than anything else, doesn't mean that they're going to be able to A, sell or market your product professionally um, because they may not even have a background in knowing how to do that. And B, their followership might not even be in your market. And I kind of blame some of the bigger box brands who just reach out to randos who have a bunch of followers and they base the entire pitch to these people on their followership. And then for the people that are actually trying to make a go of it for real, um, that work really hard to put together a media kit. And for those of you that don't know, a media kit is something that explains where your audience is that follows you. Why, you know, when you post something, that audience is going to show interest. It should have some information in there about what your client is going to get out of working with you. Analytic cost, you know, cost per cl- like cost per X, you know, whatever yeah. your, your objective is, story or whatever. Yeah, but it should really basically explain this is how much I'm charging you for this service, and this is what you're going to get, much like any other professional, um, almost like a capabilities package. But yeah, I kind of blame you know the big box brands of the world that they're just like, oh, cool, you've you've got two thousand followers. Um, I hate to call brands out, but Charmin did this campaign a while back where they literally were like, oh, if you have over 500 followers, we want you to, um, like send, we want, we want you to like do a post with our toilet paper. And it was cool in the way that like people got really creative with it and they had a bunch of shareable content out of it, but it was just a smorgasbord, for lack of a better word. <laughs> like <laughs> Toilet paper smorgasbord. Gross. Gross. It was just like, it was like all over the map. Like some of these posts I was seeing, I was like, what is this? And they like, they actually used it and it just looked like a muck. Like it was just terribly presented and there was spelling mistakes and some people were vulgar and the professionalism wasn't there. And like, okay, fine. If it's selling toilet paper, but also what about your brand integrity? Yeah. That's the other thing too. Right. And it's funny when you talk about being approached, I will say I have not even 700 followers on my Instagram account and I have been approached now by two, like me, like I'm not even an influencer, but I have been approached by two international or European-based athletic wear companies to be an ambassador 
for their product. Like legit company. Like, I mean, it isn't even at first I thought, well, like, are these even real? But then you go online and you like, it's like, wow, they actually are real. Like they're the the European equivalent of like Lululemon. And then I'm like, okay, if anyone looks at my Instagram account, I am not on it. Like my face isn't on it. I have a very curated Instagram account. Like it's not me doing selfies in fitness equip fitness apparel or anything. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure why two European based athletic wear companies felt that I would be an appropriate brand ambassador for them. Yeah. So I had to email them back and I'm like, uh, I I'm actually a PR consultant. Like I'm the one that's I'm you. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm reaching out to people. So did you not do your research or like what what on my curated list of Instagram posts would have indicated that I would be an athletic wear ambassador considering I, as myself, Alyssa, don't appear on my Instagram account like yeah, ever. Basically ever. So it's an interesting, so I find that even from a, from, from the other side, like of us, like as PR people who are reaching out, I think a lot of times it's like the summer intern or whoever is sort of tasked with with going on Instagram and finding people who might be appropriate. And I think that's also problematic in the fact that I don't think PR people or consultants or people in the marketing sphere always know what they should be looking for in terms of reaching out to influencers, what sort of followers they have, or if that influencer, even if they are an influencer, because I am not. And so if I'm getting reached out to what is happening elsewhere. So I think there's problems on both sides. And I think this is a lot of what happens when you have uh, a profession, a, a profession, so to speak, that has sort of been unregulated and it's just a free for all. And now that it's becoming an actual career option for people, everyone is now trying to rein in and figure out how to make, how to make it professional. And that's why the ones that are professional, you know, and, and those ones get hired over and over, but it is so hard from a uh, from the, from the, from the, from the business perspective, from the brand perspective to, to find the right fit. And I think when you're talking about like big brands that just seem to cast a wide net because for them it's like whatever. But I think when we're, when we're dealing with our clients and, 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 and how we work, it's a very specific person and very specific audience that our clients are after. And the time and resources it takes to research influencers is way more than anybody thinks it is. Oh, so just a quick lesson in media relations 101. So media relations is essentially the practice of working with and pitching the media as a public relations professional or just an individual, some kind of a storyline or yeah, essentially a storyline um, that with the hopes that they would pick it up for whatever reason. This can be both for a paid opportunity, whether it's like an advertising opportunity, usually that's called a media buy, um, or it can be for what's called an editorial opportunity, which is generally what you would get from paying a PR professional to pitch to the media for you in the hopes that they would pick up a story um, and, uh, and run it without charging you the same amount as they would charge you for an ad. Um when, when you pitch the media, and if you've ever taken this in school as a professional, there, there's a couple of key pieces that you need to look at. The first thing is knowing your media landscape. So who's out there? 
within your city or your town or your your country or your area um, in terms of, you know, TV, radio. So that would be broadcast and then print. And then now uh, influencers and bloggers. And I would I would say that it's fair to say that there, there are now influencers and bloggers and they're kind of two different people. Um, so you're going to want to know who your, who your people are. The next piece is relationship building. Um, if you don't really have a network yet, then you really just want to get good at writing pitches, um, in terms of being able to very, very eloquently and briefly tell the media what exactly you want them to pick up while also potentially attaching something like a news release or, um, some kind of a, uh, document to an email explaining further what you're trying to pitch. Um, if you have worked in the industry of media relations for a little while, then you probably have a pretty good network in that. You're like, oh, well, I know this person over at Avenue Magazine, and I know that this story would be perfect, so I'm just going to give them a call and ask. But really, it's all about relationship building. Um, and as you get to know the media, you get to know what they're looking for, how much it's going to cost, what they like to be pitched, uh, when you need to pitch them, how long in advance you need to pitch them, all of the different details. And I would say that new media, so bloggers and influencers, work in the same way. What drives me a little bit batty um, is just that there isn't the same amount of professionalism. And this is kind of what Alyssa was talking about before. Um, there's definitely the influencers out there who who are great. But like, oftentimes I will say things like, I get pitched all the time for my clients because of working in social media marketing. Um and oftentimes I'll just get people coming in like, can I get a free $100 gift card to this? Or, you know, can you pay me to um, come in and, and capture your market like or your, your product or your service? I have, you know, a thousand followers and I'm like, okay, great. Well, where's your media kit? Well, what's a media kit, right? Or they have a media kit and I'm like, can you explain to me how your post is going to result in people walking through my client's doors? Oh, no, no, I can't. And I would say that that could lead us into like, what are top, what are some things, Alyssa, that you would recommend when working with influencers? What are sort of like the top five checkpoints that you want to make sure you're, you're doing before you work with an influencer, given that it's such a new medium? I think the first, the biggest thing is to research them as a person and as an influencer and go back and look at their feeds, look at their blogs, look at their um, what they've produced. I think that's a big thing. Like, can they write? Yes. Like if they're a blogger, can they write? Can they write? Do they have grammatical and punctuation? Right. Spelling errors, all those yeah. sorts of things. And what, so that's sort of the first thing is research who they are and that they actually can deliver on, on, um, on the pieces that you require them to deliver on. Two, I would say if you're research other campaigns that they've been a part of. So if you look on any influencers uh, feed, whether it's Instagram, Instagram's sort of the main one. So um, you can go back and see what other brands they've worked with and you can contact those brands to find out how the experience was. Did they deliver? Because quite honestly, it's like, it's like interviewing someone for a job, right? You can call their references. So they should be very open on their feed of like, if they did a a campaign with a, with a specific brand, it's, it's still there. I think the third thing is looking at their audience, like who's following them because you can quite quickly just figure out who has paid for their followers, which is a massive, massive no, no. If you Mm. want to be an influencer and you want to um, be professional and be legitimate, 
don't ever pay for followers. That is the first major, major red flag that no one will work with you if they see that most of the accounts that are following you are fake. And that's an easy thing to do. Um, the fourth thing I would say is talk to them directly. So if it's someone that has been recommended to you or someone that your client wants to work with, then set up an actual conversation with that person to see if they understand the brand or know the brand that you're asking them to work with. Do they have an experience with that? Have, do they, do they work in this area? Like, are they more of a travel writer and this is more of a lifestyle brand? Like how are they, how do they feel that they would be able to, to, to benefit this brand? I think that's clear too. How do the brands align just because usually influencers have their, their whole, their own brand. Right. Their own brand. Right. And then I'd say the fifth one is ask for analytics. Yes. Ask for analytics. And I always ask for their current month's um, analytics. So where we're sitting, impressions, impressions, engagement. Visits to their profile. Yeah, visits to their website, their blog, their Google Analytics, visits to their blog. And then I usually ask for a snapshot of analytics from a campaign that they did. Um, So I will ask them to send me the month case study. And then I usually ask for a analytics of the same time last year. So if you're asking them to to do something in August, I want to see where they were last August compared to this August and how their growth has been. Um, And they should be able to pull that for you, no problem. And if they can't, then they're not worth working with. Yeah. And great, all great points, Alyssa. And a couple of hacks I just want to let you guys in on in terms of figuring out if somebody has bought their followers. Mm-hmm. Um, all you have to do is look at someone's engagement rate. Right. And what that means is how many people are following them versus how many likes and engagements they get on their posts. So if you see a brand or um, an influencer that has, you know, 20,000 followers and they're averaging 50 le- 20 to 50 likes, like this is a very low engagement yes, rate. Very. That is not good. That means that they probably bought their followers. It's a pretty good indicator that they probably bought their followers or that they have not done the greatest job in their engagement strategy in the sense that they've, they initially did really well with their followership and they probably had an engaged following at one point, but it somehow fell off. Um, and if you're paying you know, I hate to say it a lot. There's a lot of influencers out there that are super reasonable. Oh, hugely. But there's also, but they're expensive. It's an investment, just like it's an investment to work with professionals such as Alyssa and I, but we are able to kind of say, this is what you're going to get for what you're paying for. And this is the result that we, you know, would hope would come out of this. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously with marketing, the caveat is always like, it's, it's definitely not like we can put together a magic sauce for you, but it's not to say that that sauce is going to work for everybody. It depends on if you had a fulsome business plan put together before you engaged with us. It depends, you know, do you have a product people actually want? Like I've worked with many clients who've been like, I think my product's amazing, but I didn't do any market research. And then we get going not knowing that. And it's like, why is nobody interested in this? Um, So yeah, I think just really looking at that engagement rate. And then there's a couple of really cool apps out there, especially for those of you who work within media relations, um, that you can actually check to see if people have bought their followers. Yes. So um, we will put uh, some of those apps in the notes of this episode so you guys can check them out. But definitely engagement rates and apps, there's there's ways out there to, to fact check your relationships. 
Um, the last thing I'm going to leave you guys, we're going to leave you guys with today is always make sure you have a contract oh, yes. with your influencers. I mean, and with really- specific deliverables, like yes. how many posts, what are the posts going to say? This many stories, this is what the, 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 the stories are going to say. And always like, not only always have a contract, but the fact that you are in control the influencer isn't in control. You were they were being paid for a service. And if they are not able to deliver on that service or they or they are being difficult with being able to um, um provide mm. um what you require for this yep. campaign, you have every right to cancel that contract. 100 percent And for those of you who are influencers, do not get taken advantage of by clients. Um, you know, make sure that you understand the obligations and the trade-off. Is it for free product? Is it for payment? How many posts are you obligated to do? Um, you know, so if, if they come back and say, well, I wish you would have done like two more posts. It's like, well, that wasn't in the contract. The other thing I want to point out too, just really quickly is key messaging. Make sure your influencer has key messaging. If you're an influencer, make sure you have the correct key messaging for and the company. proper hashtags. Proper, and proper hashtags. And are tagging properly. And also um, just, yeah, tag, tagging, right? Like make sure you've, you know, connected with hope like the social media person on the other side to be like, okay, I'm going to be posting at this time. Cause sometimes influence varying different accounts are going to have different times of engagement. So I know lots of influencers in Calgary who post between 9 PM and 11 PM. And if the, the PR person on the other side is going to be able to capture those things and repost them on their accounts, if that's part of the deal, they have to know that there has to be that communication, yeah. right? Because it might get missed. And then that's a huge opportunity for beautifully curated content lost. I would say just lastly too, and this is a big one that's um, come into play in the last 12 to 18 months, um, is you have to be transparent with your, um, your, your hashtags in terms of whether it was hosted, gifted, sponsored, all of that. So if you're, if you're an influencer and you are not properly, uh, crediting the, the, the relationship and ensuring that, um, your followers know that this is a sponsored post or that your stay in this hotel was gifted or you were hosted at this restaurant. Um, that's a major no-no and you will get caught by the Advertising Standards Council of Canada and yeah. the U.S. And it's it's international now that they are really stepping up. Yeah. yeah. That actually brings me to one last point. Um, one really great way that Facebook and Instagram have made it easy to ensure that you're not going to get, you know, accidentally nailed for something like that is they've created actual branded content guidelines, which means that when you're working with an influencer that has over a certain amount of followers, that influencer actually has to okay it for you to share content. So if someone came into your client's establishment and took pictures of say a food item and they posted it on their own account and tagged you, you know, and you had a previous discussion about, yes, you can now take this picture and put it on your account. There's an actual process where the influencer actually has to approve that on Instagram so that Instagram knows that you're allowed to share it. Um, and then there's also a backend branded content agreement section on both Facebook and Instagram that you can previously go walk through with your client to have those posts just magically pop up and repost them. So looking into all of that as you're working with influencers as well, because there's nothing worse than seeing a beautiful photo that you're like, oh, wonderful. I paid for that. Now I want to share it and use it. And you can't because you didn't have that discussion with the influencer or they don't know how to yeah. manage that. 
So, yes, good point. All this is good points. And I think um, this is an ever changing industry. And I think daily we are learning new things and discovering new things on both sides, both as, both as influencers and both as brand representatives. And I think this is the way things are going. And as much as you may personally dislike this realm of marketing, like I'm not a huge fan, I will, I will completely (laughs) disclose this. Um, but that's not my decision to make. It's the people, it's my clients. And if they want to work with that. And as we said, there are very legitimate professional people. And this is a legitimate career for people now. We have many friends that do really amazing work in this space. And yeah, no, I, I think I'm always just an advocate for people who take business seriously. Like, um, you know, we all had to write our business plan and have it reviewed 20 times before we went to the bank and, and that's for money, you know, and also, you know, got our, got incorporated or got our, um, like registered number with, with the registry. Right. So if people are going to do this seriously, then those are the people that I want to work with. And I, I think it's a very cool space, just, just a really quick example. And, and then we should probably wrap up here, but, um, one of my very good girlfriends, she's an incredible influencer here in Calgary. She has really made it a household name for herself. Um, she's a great example because she's what we would like, what we would call a mommy blogger. Um, so she, you know, she and her family, uh, luckily for her, her husband is a very fantastic photographer. She and both him are quite talented at creating content. So they do it together. They're a husband wife duo. Um, but like, you know, they were working with a particular brand and, and I, we, she shared some like analytics and conversions with me in the sense that she was just like, oh, like this is open-ended, you know, like this is a great case study. I'm going to share with you like how this works. And what I kind of learned from her was like, you know, she's got a cult following of other moms um, and, and other women who are very specifically interested in the content she posts. And so for her clients, it's, a, it's very advantageous to work with her because there will be conversions based off of how she does her content, how she strategizes. Um, and she also will not work with brands that do not work with her brand or what she believes in, which is integrity, yes. brand integrity. So, yeah. Yeah. These are all just lessons that we have learned over our years of, of muddling through, uh, this. And, uh, if you have any questions about working with influencers or, uh, if you want to become an influencer or you're a brand that's interested in working with an influencer, send us a DM on Instagram at ladieswholaunch.yyc or, uh, send us an email and our new brand new email address will be in the show notes as well. And we are happy to help you answer any questions and one of your questions may be featured on a future episode. So uh, keep that in mind as well. Have a happy influencing. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 